Okay, smoke and snow. So, when we last left our heroes, they had fought off a strange vampiric creature in the bounds of New Zealand, just to their northeast in the wolf forest, aptly named. Malcolm Harp had taken a bit of a beating during the, the combat, and unfortunately they lost one of their henchmen to the dire wolves of the vampiric creature summoned. They have retreated back to New Zealand to rest and heal up. Unfortunately, we don't have Malcolm tonight because Rob's not very well. Wherever you get better soon, Rob. So we're going to say, just for convenience, say that his character is still recovering from the vampiric attack. And then he's currently resting up in New Zealand. So you guys are preparing to set out for the meeting with Brannon or Lord Brannon as he styles himself at Staffstone Tower. You know it to be three days travel through the Whalesong Woods to the west of New Zealand. Obviously you've any basic equipment you want to buy you can do that that's absolutely fine. However before we continue as you're all sort of making your preparations to, to set out and go about your business, etc. You know, you're all getting your equipment ready. You're getting ready to set off. You're stood there talking to Lan Rivar Brock, who chose you as a mate to help restart this Ice Walker tribe since hers was decimated by the pirates. A tribe that you've chosen to christen the Rising Embers tribe. When you see the small blue-skinned Ice Walker Sage, Quilak, walking towards you. And he sort of like waves his hand towards you, Brock, as he approaches. He looks a little bit worse for wear. No doubt due to him getting very merry during the uh, the festivities of the, the previous few nights. To, to celebrate your union with Alan Rivar. And as he approaches, he says, Oh, good, uh, Bro Brock, I'm, uh, I'm glad I caught you. Uh, I, I heard you were leaving the uh, village. As, as I said uh, the, the other evening, uh, I, I didn't want to, to brook tradition, so I wanted to give you a, a, a small gift. And he, he takes out a, a little like, leather pouch with a little drawstring, only about like, the size of a fist, and he hands it over to you. He's like, there you are. Okay, um, I'll just have a very quick look inside. Okay, you open it, and inside is a small sort of blue-silver ring with a teal-coloured gemstone set into it. And he says, ah, yes, sir, this ring was uh, blessed by the, the, the shaman of my tribe uh, a long time ago to bring the protection of the spirits on any ice walker who should wear it. Uh, such a gift is um, very generous. Um, uh, no, not at all. Uh, as I've said, I, I may have left some of our traditions behind, but uh, I think it's uh, important to to commemorate uh, unions such as the any gestures that you and Lan. And, and in there. It's blessed by the shaman, you say? Yes, uh, the, the, the shaman of mm. my tribe. And he hands you over this ring, the Band of the Tribes Protector, which I've already added onto your character sheet. 
it gives you a plus one AAC and an additional plus one bonus to all your saving throws, which I've mm. already altered your sheet to take into account. Very cool. Well, I will uh, gratefully accept this, uh, well, very rare and uh, precious commodity, and uh, I'll put it straight on. Indeed. And as you do so, you do feel, uh, I suppose, like a, almost like a, a warm sense of like well-being flows through your body. You, know, you feel slightly invigorated, you know, that you could take on the world. He, he nods and he says, well, uh, I, I wish the two of you all the best. Uh, now, if you don't mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and uh, get my head down for a little bit. And uh, he, he sort of nods at you all and then he, you see him sort of like, Staggering off back towards like the hut that he lives in. Yep, yeah, and I thank him again as he walks off. He, he just sort of like waves and nods. Mm. Very kind indeed. Um, at, at which point, Lan, who's been stood there with you, is sort of like nodding and saying, "Oh yeah, that's a a, a kingly gift sort of thing." She says, uh, "So, uh, what do you plan to do?" now then i mean your 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 friend is still is still injured well we have this um this meeting we we're obliged to attend or at least weimar is obliged to attend and i don't trust him enough to let him go on his own um so myself and uh, quintin are gonna join him on the journey but we won't be long it shouldn't take more than a week to be down back in the eyes of the tribal spirit, we are now as one. If you plan to go to this this meeting, whatever it is, then I shall travel there with you. you think that's wise in the, the situation of our new and up-and-coming hope to rise a tribe? Wisdom doesn't come into it, Brock. If we are if our union is to be strong and be the, the foundation of the building of a new tribe, then we must be stronger together. Well, you know, I can't argue with you. That is that is the way of our people. So I will obviously do my utmost to protect you at all times. But you're right, we will be stronger together. She nods. And I have added her as a retainer to like the party, and you should be able to like move her token, etc. If you get into any combat, obviously yep, te- cool. technically she's like a level zero human at the minute because you have to get like one XP on your first adventure, and then you like get a level basically. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So she's rocking that sweet, sweet four HP at the minute. Oof. Yeah, l- level zero is no joke, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'll do my best. Okay, so obviously, as I say, you guys know that if you travel west, like directly west, through the Whale Song Woods, on the third day, you should sight Staffstone Tower, which is where this meeting is to take place. And obviously, you've left yourself enough time to travel there. Obviously, you've got a bit of time if you guys want to, like, have any discussions or do anything sort of like before you leave the village, so... If there's anything you guys want to do, I'll say shout up. Otherwise, we can crack straight on with the travelling. We didn't, for any reason, want to visit anywhere else on the way, like the uh, the cave of the pirates, just to see if they've 
sort of reusing it for anything or or deer sun for any reason or not that I can recall. So oh. yeah, I don't think there's really any need to, is it? It definitely wasn't mentioned as part of your original plans, but obviously it's no. down to you guys what you do. Oh, it was only because it was nearby, really. But... Okay. No, I'll I think... check it out. It's not a problem. Yeah. Okay, so you guys set off on your travels heading to the west. You travel for your first day. You start heading into the, the tall pines of the Whale Song Woods heading past the, the ruins of Castlemaine, which are now pretty much entirely snowed over, but occasionally here and there, sort of bits of stone and the the, the cracked wooden remnants of the, the village that once stood there sort of jut up out of the thick snow. So we're now getting into the sort of deeper part of winter. So the snowfall is quite heavy. It's not yet a massive hazard to travel you know you're all wearing cold weather gear as long as you're not like sleeping out in the open and you take reasonable precautions it's not yet at that level where you know you're going to start making tests and it's going to start being dangerous and stuff like that but you know that like within a month or so like travel is going to get quite hazardous the temperature you can already feel the temperatures are starting to drop obviously brock you know that like it's only going to get colder from here on in for like the next three or four months and then slowly it'll start so the other winter will start tapering off and it'll head back into the short summer as you pass the river near new zealand you can already see that like there is a, a coating of ice on the surface of the river and as you look southwards down to where it runs into the sea you can already see some like large patches of ice that have begun to form around the shores as the the sea in the sort of shallower parts slowly starts to freeze your travel is fairly uneventful for the first day luckily as you're heading into the the whale song woods the trees provide some shelter from the snow and from the wind so it's not quite as cold you all set up camp for the evening, you know, you all have to eat a ration. It you all set up watches, etc. The the night passes fairly uneventfully. The second day you all wake up in the morning, you all continue to the west, and as you do, you're passing by the the ruins of the Mage's Tower, which if I remember correctly, Weimar is the only member of the current party who's actually been to this tower before yep. so does Weimar say anything about the tower as you're going past you see the ruins much as you remember it you know I mean you're not like right next to it but you can see like the, the top of this tower like sticking up above the trees and obviously Quentin Brock you can see like this stone tower sort of quite badly weathered and a little bit dilapidated but it's rising up above the trees still looks fairly sturdy although obviously the frost and the weather has had some effects on it I don't think I've seen that before because I think we normally follow along the coast, don't we? Or we'll travel along the coast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Weimar's the yeah. only one who's been here. I, I shall mention it to Weimar then. I say, what's that structure or that, that tower just north of here? Do you know of this place? Now, can you remind me, John, of, of the pertinent details that we learned about this place? Indeed. Uh, you... what, we, what we knew. 
as you sort of think back through the, the mists of like it was quite a long time ago, mm-hmm. you remember that when you first came here with your group, you discovered that it appeared to have once been the a tower belonging to a mage who believed that the only way to survive like the oncoming ice age was to effectively like adapt one's body to cope with the new climate. And mm-hmm. effect effectively for all intents and purposes he built like a sort of spell chamber inside the tower, which was designed to like yep. mutate creatures to like mm-hmm. give them like natural um, immunities to cold and stuff like that. And he'd been he'd crafted a, a bronze servitor, a large yeah. golem, which he which um, is still there because we well, trapped it. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> and he, basically, what he used to do is he used to send this golem out, and he'd be like, "Go and get me some animals." And then he'd like throw the animals into this like mutation chamber, and he'd like monkey around with their genetics effectively to see if he could breed a hardier species. The eventual aim being like, oh well, once I've got it all working, all the kinks ironed out, maybe we can use it on people so we can survive this oncoming ice age. Now, at some point, something happened to this mage. He died, disappeared, whatever. However, the golem, not being given any new orders just carried on doing what it had been told to do on its last orders. So it was just romping around the forest on like a regular cir- circle, just sort of like grabbing anything it come across, animals, people, whatever, lobbing them into this like spell chamber. Obviously there's no one running the spell chamber. It's slowly breaking down because the wizard's not there to keep it reinforced and keep it all running right. So everything it threw in was just getting like horribly mutated. And then, but, because the golem wasn't programmed to like give a shit about that. Basically, it was just like, I'm just programmed to like throw things in. All these mutated animals were then just like running off into the forest, and they believe that the village of Castlemaine, which was a, a village founded by sort of settlers traveling here as well, was destroyed by one such creature. It was like a huge sort of like bear creature mm-hmm. that had been like mutated by the tower, and it basically trashed the village and killed most of the people there. They the rest of the the party eventually they dug like a huge pick so like the golem's not actually intelligent but it's like double hard because it's just following the same pattern through the forest like doing its like orders so we know where it's going we've scoped it out we know exactly the route it takes so they basically dug a big pit because at the time they were like we haven't got anything that can damage it i mean it was before wymore even had like the sun sword so they were like right nothing we've got can damage it we're going to dig a big pit it fell into the pit because it's not intelligent and then they were like, oh, it's in a pit. It can't like, mutate anybody else. We'll, we'll just leave it there. Right. So I'll, I'll, I'll mention broadly, like to, not to go into too much detail, but the, the, the gist of it is uh, Brock and Quentin, they're, um, there's some remnants of magic here, uh, which we don't fully understand. It's, I'd like to say, but I, 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 I'm not a wizard. So I'd like to say that this has a bit of a tang of the same kind of foulness as we had on the Witch's Isle uh, with the, um, the monoliths and the, the channeling of wh- whatever horrid power that was uh, to rack the flesh of creatures. That was people on the Witch's Isle. This is anything that moves, really in the forest um so whatever magic was in the tower 
it spawned, including like other things, uh, a large, very large bear. Uh, with, if I recall correctly, it had not really a face, but more more of a like a skull thing, and it spoke with a human voice. And I sleep better not contemplating if there was an actual human in the tower when the bear was made. Yeah, basically and, uh, the, um, the the bear creature they discovered, it could, it, so like used, it could mimic like a human voice calling out for help. So so its method of hunting would it be like, it'd hide itself, it'd go to near where there was people, it'd be like, oh, help me, help me, I'm in trouble. Someone would come to investigate and then they'd find this big bear with like a skull for a face and it would just kill them and like eat them. And then like it seemingly like anyone it ate, it could like mimic their voice. So then it'd like go to like the next lot of people, call out in that person's voice, oh, I've fallen down, help me, help me. They'd come, rinse and repeat. And the player characters killed that horrible creature. Yeah. With with what, John? A pit. <laughs> yeah, with a yeah, they basically like basically did like a punji sort of trap with like spears in the bottom of it and then like lured the bear into it. Which is pretty cool. It's it's been um uh honestly well we would be well off if that tower wasn't there uh it, it's i i don't think it's doing the thing that it's supposed to necessarily but and at least of all now because the the, the servant of the tower the, the the whatever construction that is is no longer doing its thing but it's like it's spawning horrific things like actual nightmares and yeah we should we should make a point of dismantling that i think maybe reuse the stone do something better with it and as you're saying this obviously you guys are like walking while you're talking you've not just like stop you you come to a place in the woods where you know it's like a lot of the trees are like missing like the stumps are still there but you can see any i mean you'll all easily notice this you don't need to be a woodsman to see this you can see like signs of like axe marks like someone's like felled a load of like trees in this area and you can see like not too many because of the heavy snowfall, but you can see like tracks and there's like footprints effectively and there's like tracks of like some sort of like vehicle, maybe a cart or something. Sled. Is, is this clearing a path or is it just clearing an, a bunch of trees in like an area? You sort of head into the sort of cleared area so you can get a better look. You've just come across like a couple of little trees. And mm. as you head to it, you can actually see that it, it looks as though all the trees like surrounding this tower, and you can now see the tower, mm. have been felled, and the tower's now in this ring of just like tree stumps and open space. But what captures your attention more is, as Weimar has described, there is this large pit like just outside the front of the tower. But next to this pit is what looks to be some sort of like wooden contraption that's been like built like a, basically like, like a huge wooden winch has been built like right next to the pit although you can see it's clearly like not been used for a while because it's covered in snow and whatnot well that better not be what i think it is which one uh i i really hope that the thing is still in the pit which thing uh, the uh, 
It's like a bronze golem, wasn't it? Is the the yeah, the the construction of the the, the sort of metal man uh, figure that goes about doing uh, its rounds in the forest, grabbing deer and whatnot, putting them in the tower. Well, should we go and take a look? Yeah. Uh, very careful though. Um, still haven't quite figured out what we could even do about that. Okay, as you guys move closer, obviously taking all due care and precaution, given what Weimar said, as you move up to like the edge of the pit, basically, you're not like going to fall in, but you can like look over the edge. You can see that there's near the winch, the signs of something very heavy having been like dragged out of the pit, and then you can see a a set of like cart tracks, like very deep. So like whatever was in the cart must have been like heavy, heavy. Because the, the tracks are so deep, you can still see like the impressions in where the snow has fallen out, and the tracks appear to be heading off to the west. Mm. Well, someone's taking your thing out of the pit. Mm-hmm. This is more to do with this sorcerer from Fort Eastbourne. I bet it is. Like he's soldiers marching about, telling him stories about a bronze man in a pit. Sounds like the kind of thing a sorcerer would pick up on. Um, and did you say, you said, John, the, the, the path or the tracks are fairly recent? Yeah, they're pretty recent. I mean, within the, the, the last sort of like week or so. I mean, should we follow these tracks since they're going in the same direction as we're heading anyway to see if we can learn any more? Yeah. Okay. So you guys make camp for the evening because it's like pretty late in the day by the time you get there. Obviously, you take like double precautions given where you are, but nothing uneventful happens during the night. Obviously, for the previous day's travel, anyone down hit points can recover 1d3 hit points. You can also get an extra d3 for this evening, and you need to eat another ration. And then you travel on for the third day. Okay, so on the third day of travel, you set off fairly early in the morning, and within an hour or two, you see the stone shape of Staff Stone Tower. It's a pretty, it's like a square stone tower with little turrets at the top, etc. There's a small stable, various bits and pieces, but it's a watchtower, it's not like a full blown castle. As you're heading up, you can see there's a few guards around the entrance, you know, wearing the, the purple and black livery of Fort Eastburn, which seems to have been carried on to Staffstone Tower, which isn't surprising. You can see there's a few soldiers sort of like knocking around the outside. You also see there's like quite a few horses like in this barn, sort of tethered up. You can see them. You could also see what appears to be a large cart basically parked outside of the tower with like a tarpaulin over it and as you get closer you can see what appears to be like the end of a huge arm made of bronze like hanging out from under the tarpaulin just sort of like trailing down on the floor is this the creature you talked of Weimar 
this thing in the car. It what was it was it covered entirely or you can just see like the arm poking out. Yeah, just just the it, arm. It looks like a big yeah. bronze arm, so yeah. chances are good unless it's like yeah, another big yeah, bronze yeah. thing. Hmm. Probably. And uh, do you think they will have a way to control it, or they've sort of temporarily? Yeah, whatever they've done, it. it's it's not moving. So at least they can do that. Can they make him stand back up? Don't know. But it all it all shouts magic involvement. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. Mm. It's this this thing has spent who knows how long grabbing things from the forest, putting them in the tower. Tower in turn has spent who knows how long making these things into nightmare creatures. Are you, are you guys approaching the tower or what are you doing? I'm gonna try and sneak a peek at this thing's head. Yeah, is it, is it guarded? Are you, are you trying to like do it on the stealthy side of life, or? Yes, mate. Yeah, definitely. Go, go for it, mate. That move silently wrong. Well, can I try and approach the tower in a quieter, sort of loud and? Yeah, know, that's not a problem. To try and distract a bit from the attention that might be. Yep. Towards Quinton. There you go. Okay, so as you roll up to the tower, you're not trying to do things on the stealthy side of life. You see one of the guards quite obviously spots you, Quentin, and he, he looks over at you and he's like, Is there something I can help you with, sir? I just wondered about the big giant arm. Oh, oh, that, he says. Uh, he says, well, yes, of course. And he, like, pulls the top back a little bit. And you can see, like, it looks like a huge armoured man made of bronze, like, with a sort of sculpted face, etc. You can see, like, various, like, jointed, segmented armoured sections. It appears to be, like, lying and moving in this cart, and one of its arms is just hanging out. And he's like, yes, uh, we, uh, we found this thing on one of our patrols in the nearby areas. I'm sure you're a uh, as I'm sure you're probably aware, uh, the, the Lord of Fort Eastburn wants the uh, the area clearing out of dangers as much as possible uh, to make it safe for the people. So he's uh, he sends out regular patrols. Uh, found this thing in a in a, some sort of pit outside of a outside of an old stone tower. Took us a uh, took us bloody ages to bring the thing down, but uh, eventually we uh, eventually were able to. To kill the beast, and he like slaps his hand on this metal figure. It's like a dang. He like slaps his hand on it, and he's like, "Yeah, it took us ages to bring it down, but uh, bring it down we did." And uh, well, we've uh, we brought it back here. Far as I understand, the uh, the plan is to uh, melt it down and um, salvage the metal for something more useful. I, I believe uh, I believe Lord Brannon's planning on launching a more thorough expedition to explore the uh, the tower once. Uh, he has a meeting with some uh, visiting dignitaries uh, shortly. I believe he's planning on getting around to hashing out his plan about that once this meeting's uh, dealt with. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're around to get rid of these things. Well, indeed. Lord Brannon uh, wants this area safe for 
for settlers and the people in it. Uh, and obviously, we need to we need to thin out some of the uh, some of the barbarous dangers on uh, on the coast before we can uh, before people can really rest easy and know that they're they're safe within the bounds of the domain, so to speak. Well, thanks for sharing. I'll make sure my dignitary is uh, well informed of your progress. Ah, you're uh, you're one of the, uh, the the staff of one of the the dignitaries. Yes, why more? Oh, the um, yes, he's the uh, he's the fellow who's been tapped for uh, for rulership of one of the new towers, isn't he? Yes, in New Zealand. Yeah, he says obviously. Uh, obviously, we're not being a lovely god such as myself. We're not. We're not privy to all of the details, but you know we we we've heard a few things come down that there's the new tower going to be built, and uh, obviously we've we've heard the name Weimar is being tapped as the one of the potential castellans of the towers. So, uh, well, I, I I and he sort of like he gives you like a little salute, and he says, "Well, I hope your meeting goes well, sir." Thank and, you. Then he just like flops the uh, the top back over the the bronze man. You see him actually like he struggles. And he, obviously, it's well heavy, but he like lifts the arm up. He's like. And then like plonks it back on the cart with a clang, flips the top over it. Why more? That's your beast. Right. Well, I am happy that it's not moving. What's what's the plan with it? Uh, they want to melt it down and repurpose the metal. But they're also planning an expedition to your tower. They can have the tower. That tower, I presume. Yeah, that tower with the mm -hmm. golem. Yeah. Yeah, they can have it. It's not going to be good for them either, but, you know, there's. One supposes that the will of their lord is quite adamant. Well, we just need to hope that the mutation thing mm. isn't happening outside of its chamber now. Hmm. As long as they can't repurpose it in some way. That foul magic you talked of. As you're having yeah. this conversation, another guard from the, the tower approaches and uh, he, he gives you all a salute and he says, uh, 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 Good, uh, I, I take it you're here for the, for, for the, you're one of the visiting dignitaries and he sort of like looks around you all as always expecting you to like, introduce yourselves. Uh, yes, hello, we're from New Zealand. Uh, ah. This is Brock. Uh, this is Quentin, and I'm Weimar. And uh, your lady friend, and he gestures at Lamb. Ah, yes, well, yes, we have also um, several others, including Lan over here. Uh, in the spirit, also, uh, there is uh, Malcolm Harp. Oh, uh, is is he not here? I, I I did have a I did have a message to impart to him. Ah, uh, well, he, he is regrettably uh, indisposed at the moment. So, ah. if if you do have a message, we can definitely make sure that it gets to him. Well, I, I don't see that to be a problem. Uh, yes, I was uh, I was given a message by uh, by Castellan Dixon. I was to tell him that the the, the pouch of gold he left for the for the wandering knight Sir Javan was given to him. That uh, Sir Javan stayed at Staffstone for a day, equipped himself, 
and then left. He said he was heading north, planning to make for Fort Hawk. Uh, I believe Castellan Dixon told him that he he probably wouldn't find the pirates he was looking for, given the the, the state of the sea freezing over at the minute. They're probably miles away by now. Uh, I think that was about three days ago. Like I say, he left heading north. Mm-hmm. That that was the message she gave me. Mm. Well done. Not at all, sir. So, anything else I can help you with? Uh, any plans? Since we're all in the business of tower building these days. Ah, indeed. Any plans for this one? I'll... For staff stone. Um, no. This 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 one with the um. Uh, the source of. Well. Uh, some concern along the way from uh, New Zealand to Staffstone. There is a um, dilapidated one. The the one where the metal man was found? Mm, mm, the very same. He says, well, I, I know my lord uh, in, in the future is planning... Uh, he's planning a, a, a fact-finding expedition there. Uh, I, I believe that the hope is that if it's not too badly damaged, it can be repurposed and used as a another watchtower along the coast since uh, obviously bit, especially in this weather uh, with the, the somewhat lamentable lack of raw materials in Valconan it's uh, it's quite time consuming and obviously very costly to actually build towers and well when there's one already sat there if it can be made safe and uh, secure it seems a shame not to use it when it's practically just sat there at the moment um, if I can offer a suggestion, uh, a layman's suggestion, uh, to do with primarily dismantling the tower, not disposing of the materials per se, uh, dismantling the tower, cleansing the area of, well, fell powers, uh, that tower, good sir, is... Haunted by the powers arcane, and um, it is not good for people to be in. Do of course I'll report this to uh, mm. to my lord. Do you, do you have any further details you can give me, sir? Um, uh, let's let's say that creatures of flesh, such as you and I, uh, fare not that well when exposed to these powers inside the tower. And it would be uh, unsafe for anyone to enter and poke about. I see, I see. Well, uh, well, thank you for passing this on. I will certainly uh, relay this to my lord, although obviously the, the final decision about such things would rest with him, of course. Mm. Yeah. Well... Uh, is is the uh, are are there other parties arriving? He says, uh, "Well, yes. There's a uh, there's a number of visiting dignitaries arrived. Most of them are already here. There's a uh, there's of course a uh, Lord Brannon, obviously. Uh, I'm afraid um, Miss Dixon is currently elsewhere on a business, but she hopes to return for the end of the the meeting. Uh, there's um." 
there's that stranger elven fellow who uh, turned up with his uh, his retinue earlier on today and uh, there's a there's a captain from a uh, Fort Hawker uh, I think his name said his name was Captain Boyd he's a uh, he's representing the interests of Lord Carabasshawk mm-hmm. at the meeting and I think that's about it it's a fairly small meeting as far as these things go any diversions planned not not as far as I'm aware sir very good do you do you wish to head straight there or do you wish to refresh yourselves before uh, I think we're good to go rock hunting good to go Plan. Let's, I get it over we, with yeah I think we're we are good to go uh, right you are sir and this guard escorts you into this stone tower you can see as you head in there's like thick sort of rugs and wall hangings there no doubt to try and keep the worst of the cold out but it's still quite chilly inside because it's a stone tower you're led up the single staircase to a a wooden door the guard knocks on the door opens it and as you were looking you see it appears to be like a sort of a function room i suppose you might call it a a planning room there's like a large table in there a number of, made out of wood a number of wooden chairs dotted around on a large chair at the head of the table you can see lord brannon sat there he's wearing his long cloak with like the white sort of like fur around it you know sort of pale like chisel features long hair you can also see who any of you will, who were involved in the the siege of fort kersey will recognize the but let's call him a wizard. The wizard who led the Shadow Elves, the one who had the the mask that seemed enchanted to like move like it was actually flesh. He's sat there, he's holding a, a staff of black wood, he's sat on one of the chairs, and you see like wisps of shadow sort of drifting up off his form. He's wearing a long cloak, and like I say, he's wearing this face mask that looks like flesh. Perhaps it's enchanted to look like flesh, who knows? But it's obviously like a mask that he's wearing over his face. Like when he speaks, like wisps of shadow come out of his mouth, etc. You can also see a a man wearing blue and green livery with a sort of it looks like an eagle like motif in like silver on the front of it. He has like a ginger moustache and like sideburns. He's wearing one of those sort of like circular tin helmets on his head. Has like a breastplate on that sort of thing. And he sat there. As you walk in, everyone sort of like stands up politely, and you see Lord Brannon gestures to a smattering of empty seats, and he says, "Well, gentlemen, it appears the the last of our visitors have arrived. Uh, won't you please take a seat, and we can we can get the introductions out of the way, and then we can." carry on with discussing the the pressing matters he he then as everyone sits down he remains assuming you guys sit down he remains standing and he says well i'll start with the introductions i am seth brannan currently the acting lord of fort eastburn and the the liege lord of staffstone tower i obviously have called this meeting because i believe we all have a shared interest in the future security of Valconan and protecting it from unfortunate influences, shall we say. 
but we'll get to that in the rest of the meeting. Uh, if the rest of you will uh, please introduce yourself. At which point the the shadowy elf creature stands up and in a sort of a fairly an unsettlingly normal voice, but like seems to have like a weird sort of hissing like echo behind it. He says, To those of you who do not know me, I am Prospero of the Shadow Elves. We currently occupy the area once known as Fort Kersey. He then looks around the table and you see this uh, this ginger-haired fellow with the delivery on. He doesn't stand up, but he looks around and he says, Captain Francis Boyd, uh, acting on behalf of uh, Lord Carabas Hawk of Fort Hawk. My lord passes on his apologies for not being able to attend this meeting in person. He is uh, kept busy with other affairs. As I've said, he sends his apologies, but he has sent me in his stead. At which point, all eyes turn to you guys. Well, I'll, um, I'll stand up and uh, motion uh, once again to everyone here. So this is Brock of the Ice Walkers. Quentin, and this is Landervar of the Ice Walkers as well. Self, I'm Weimar Longrove, and we are all here on behalf of the people of New Zealand. Very good, says Lord Brannan. He says, well... I'm sure most of you already know while I've called you here. He says, I've called you here because I wish to express my concerns about what I believe will surely be a mass colonization attempt on Falconen by Rohaline come the summer months. It is my belief that those of us, and he gestures around at everyone assembled, who have bled, who have sweated for what gains we have made here should not simply be swept aside by those who were unwilling to take the risks alongside us. It is my belief that one of the ways in which we can protect and fortify ourselves, particularly along the southern coast, is to build watchtowers and fortifications along said coasts so that our interests can be protected. I recognise fully that this is a considerable endeavour, especially with the winter coming on. And I also recognise that I cannot alone also reinforce the interior of Valconan. That is why I have extended an invitation to the representative of Fort Hawk, since they are more well placed to guard the interior of Valconan, especially if they receive aid from our guests, and he gestures at the Shadow of Prospero. The, the people of Prospero have a, I suppose, an ailment, you might call it. And in return for our aid in resolving this ailment, they have pledged to aid our attempts to protect the gains we've made in Valconan from outside influences. At which point Captain Boyd says... Uh, well, yes, this is all uh, this all very interesting, and it certainly sounds uh, reasonable when you put it like that. Obviously, 
although I speak for Lord Hawke, he would have the final say on anything I say here, although I do have his authority. Um, I know that my lord is also keen that uh, those from Rowaline should not simply be allowed to come in and take over what we have struggled to build here. Although, we must also be careful that we do not cut off potential trade with Rowaline. Obviously, when the summer months do come back in and when the waters open up again, trade will definitely be a necessity if we wish to prosper. After all, there are certain things that we do not have in Valconan that are abundant in Rowaline. Brannon doesn't say anything, but he nods. Prospero says, As Lord Brannon has said, we are willing to entertain thoughts of aiding your alliance if in return it will help my people from the the malady that we currently labour under. Lord Brannan has generously offered to use his resources and his considerable knowledge to help us in this regard in return for us aiding his cause and also providing some of our knowledge of the interior of Valcon since my people have been here since the Great Freeze. And he sits back in his chair with his staff leaning up against himself. So, are you guys saying anything? Are you jumping in? Trade is going to be a reality and it should be us doing the trade. It's a powerful alternative. Even if at first they try violence, eventually there's going to be enough keen minds back home. I quite that agree. See, see the possibility of putting down the sword and changing coin instead. I quite agree, says Lord Brannan. It is not my attempt, I intent, I assure you, to be in a, a war with Rohaline. It is simply my intent today, a strong show of force to discourage violence on their behalf. If we, by showing we are able and capable of defending ourselves, may discourage an outright attempt at a takeover long enough for as Mr. Lonegrove says cooler heads to prevail so you are absolutely right that we cannot cut off trade to Rohaline but much as they have resources that we do not there are also many things present on Valconan that are not present on Rohaline so it is only natural that trade will be engaged in There is, of course, and he sighs a little bit, there is, of course, one other problem, says Lord Bran, and I'm sure you're all aware of the the draconic creature that has been flying around the area. It has destroyed a number of isolated farmsteads and is proving to be a particular menace. We can clearly not allow this creature to continue as it is. 
we can ill afford such a distraction when and if Rowaline starts to probe our borders. At which point he he reaches under the table and he puts on the table what looks to be like a perfectly spherical orb of green glass or crystal. And he says, he, he taps it and it's like a ding, 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 Sam as he taps it. I have procured at no small expense this artifact. I believe if we can subdue the beast long enough to use it, this will allow us to bind the creature that we might actually use it in Valconan's defense. I personally would rather not kill such a majestic creature unless absolutely necessary. What matter of glass is this to bind such a lizard? He says, it is not a glass as such, it is a particular stone. There are, there exists but, forgive me if I am repeating knowledge that you all know here, I'm, I'm simply relaying it so that anyone who doesn't might catch up. There are a number of different species of draconic creatures in the world, and for each species there exists but one of these artifacts, these orbs. I have managed to locate the one that would aid in our particular problem, as I've said, at no small expense and resources. It is said, and I'll admit there is still much research to do before this could be used, it is said that someone strong of will who possesses such an orb can use it to bend the will of such a creature to their own. Now, I do not know for sure whether this is true or not, and I will, and my people will need to conduct considerable research on this item before we can divine whether we can use it or whether it indeed works. But if it does, we can not only prevent this creature from causing any more havoc and endangering more people, but it would also be a potent weapon for the defence of Valconan. Not to mention other more mundane possibilities, uh, moving resources, etc. I'm sure you've all seen how quickly the beast can move through the air. Imagine if we were able to, to harness that to move resources uh, for the building of towers, etc. This is all very fantastical. Indeed, and I should point out, uh, it is in no small part, thanks to the assistance of Prospero here and his people, the gestures of the Shadow Elf, that we have been able to obtain and recover this artifact. So my thanks to you, Prospero, the, the Shadow Elf nods.
Well, then I suppose we are in the market for a strong-willed individual. Indeed. As I've said, we will... It is my intention, once we have concluded our researches on the item, and should we believe that it can be used for such a purpose, safely for all concerned, then we will, of course, be looking for volunteers to help test the item. Obviously, that will involve a great deal of danger, since even if we such... And again, forgive me if I am... If I'm talking down to anyone here, I do not mean to, but I'm aware that we have varying degrees of experience with the arcane here. Even if such an item is understood, its function understood and how it technically can be used, there is a de always a degree of uncertainty with these things. The, the forces of the arcane do not always work in a predictable and logical manner, so there will be a degree of danger involved in testing it even after all of our research but i hope to put out a call for volunteers to help with that testing once we are once we have determined that we can make it as safe as possible though as i say it can never be made 100 percent safe would anyone care for some refreshments no thank you he looks around the table the the shadow elf shakes his head you see Captain Boyd's like, well, yes, I, I wouldn't mind a, a drink of some kind. At which point here, he reaches to the table again. He brings like a little bell and he's like, ding, 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 ding. One of the, like, you presume like the tower servants, obviously not a guard, which is like a sort of peasant type, comes in and he's like, uh, he's like, oh, could you bring us in a, a couple of, uh, a couple of bottles of wine and, uh, it looks like he's about to start to say glasses and then he's like and whatever drinking receptacles you have to hand at which point the peasant says oh yes yes of course Lord Brennan he heads out comes back a few moments later with like a, a sort of metal tray puts it down on the table there's like a couple of bottles of wine and various pretty much like, more, like tin mugs basically there's no like fluted champagne glasses or anything like that and he says well yes I'm I'm sorry that uh I can't host you in more luxurious settings, but uh, we have to make do with what we have. And he, he starts pouring out the wine. He takes a sip himself. Anyone who wants a glass of, like a mug of wine, you can have a mug of wine. It's just a, a fairly nice red wine. Nothing particularly special about it. But a few moments later, the, the peasant comes back in. There's like some bread and cheese and whatever. And that's put down on the table as well. And people are like picking at it while they're talking. And he says, at which point uh, he says, uh, so uh, tell me, uh, Mr. Lonegrove, have you have you reached a decision about whether you're willing to accept our offer of becoming the, the Castellan of the uh, the New Zealand Tower? Now that we've agreed to uh, to your relocate, your slight relocation. In, indeed, with certain architectural amendments, we have an accord. Amendments? Are you referring yes, the, to the the location? The the location of the tower. Ah, yes. of course. My apologies. I thought you meant some additional amendments to that. Ah, no. Yes, yes. I'm I'm quite happy to uh to to agree to moving it closer to your village of New Zealand. In fact, I think it's a it's a splendid idea. the The point of having these towers, after all, is not only to to make a statement to Raoulin that we are able and capable and willing to defend ourselves, if needs be. 
It is also to reassure the people who dwell here that we stand ready to defend them if they should be threatened. So I think building it closer to your village is a splendid idea. And let it be known here that we do intend on another tower. We shall have two. Splendid. One of our own uh, craft in addition to the one that we have discussed be before. Uh, for we see a great value in the river and thus we shall place two towers at the river mouth further to control the access to inland Balconan. Lord Brannan nods and says splendid I think that's an excellent idea as you say if we're hoping to eventually encourage trade we will need to have some sort of regulations Obviously, travel by river is one of the, the fastest methods. So I think maintaining a firm grasp on the, the mouth of the river, so to speak, is a splendid idea. Now, I would like to place my hand under the table on the pommel of my sword and uh, think at the sword real hard. Now, this, this is the moment. <laughs> if you are capable... What is this Lord thinking of? Okay, you don't receive like a vocal answer from the mm -hmm. from the sword. However, yeah, thankfully, you, yeah, he's not just like, wow, he's double crossing you. <laughs> yeah, he seems full of shit. <laughs> he's talking bullshit. But um, no, however, you receive a vivid flash of you see Lord Brannan stood in some sort of it's obviously like Valconan, but it's like a generic sort of snowy like landscape. Mm -hmm. You see him stood there. He's holding the green crystal orb that's now mm -hmm. on the table in his hands. There seems to be like a wind issuing forth from it, like his hair and his robes are blowing out mm -hmm. behind him. You see a number of his soldiers and like other sort of people around this dragon that's lying like you recognise the frost worm mm -hmm. that's lying like subdued, like spears sticking out of it and like arrows and stuff like that and you can see like a few like indistinct people like you see like one or like a, a so they're quite shadowy and vague as though like the further things get away from you in the scene the more indistinct they become yeah. and the more hazy you see like a, a big figure in the background and you're like oh is, it, is, is that brock it's about it's about the right height for him but then it sort of like fades into the background and you yeah. can't really tell you see obviously this dragon has been subdued you see lord brannan step forward and he places the orb against the the sort of forehead I suppose mm -hmm. of this draconic creature as he does there's like a blinding flash and when the flash clears and it's sort of the after effects fade off your retina Lord Brannan and the the orb have disappeared How, what about the dragon the, the dragon is still lying there on the yeah. floor however then it begins to move the and dragon you, does. Yeah, you see like a few of the soldiers who are nearby sort of like moving back and like, oh, it's getting up. And they're like getting the spears ready and whatever. The, mm -hmm. the dragon sort of like rears up to its full height, opens its mouth. And then in the voice of Lord Brannan, mm -hmm. the dragon says, now our real work begins. Mm -hmm. And then you snap back out of the vision and you're sort of still with your hand at the pommel of your sword under the yeah. table. And I'll I'll probably be blinking because I, I I'm getting flashbanged into my mind's eye. Yep. 
<laughs> so I'm I'm blinking hard and I'll uh, I'll reach for a, like a piece of bread uh, to just sort of like oh yeah. like uh, occupy myself and be like oh maybe I'm feeling a bit woozy uh, just get some food in. <laughs> you, you see that uh, Captain Boyd looks over at you and he's like uh, oh yeah so I, I I understand that he said the cheese is making me a little bit bilious as well. No, no offense, sir, Lord Brandon. Lord Brandon sort of waves his hand. Yes, I do. Uh, we, we we don't have a lot of cheese in New Zealand. We <laughs> no, I think it's I'm, mostly fish. I think I'm getting a bit old for such rich fare, says a uh, Captain Boyd. Mm. And he like reaches out, he takes a swig of his wine. Yeah, I'll I'll take a a piece of bread and uh, I'll I'll do that thing where I have the, the chunk in my hand and I'll pick like pieces of it and I eat it and meaningfully, you know sweep the room lingering on the lord yep. a couple times as i do you see he's got like a big bit of like crusty bread himself and he like because mm-hmm. it's like a fairly sort of like rock hard like bread because mm-hmm. it's made to like last mm-hmm. that's the main thing you see him like he like dips it in his wine to like soften it a bit and mm-hmm. then like pops a bit of this bread into his mouth and he's chewing it and he says oh by the way i i should apologize that uh, my castellana mercy dixon isn't here she uh they had a little trouble uh, around the the tower shortly before our arrival, and being the bit being the uh, the conscientious Castellan that she is, uh, she went to make sure that it was all resolved and wouldn't interfere with our meeting. She passes on her apologies and hopes to be here before the meeting closes. Wonderful. At which point, uh, Lord Brennan says, uh, "Now, uh, Prospero, perhaps if." Uh, you'd be so kind as to reveal your part in this to our assembled guests. Obviously, I know much of what you're going to say, but just to bring everyone up to speed, at which point the Shadow Elf, who every time he speaks, so wisps of shadow, come out of this strange like, flesh mask he's wearing over his non-face. He says, well, yes, some of you, and he, like his gaze like falls on you, Weimar. Some of you have met me before. As you may or may not be aware, my people are some of the original inhabitants of Valconan before the Great Freeze. Many of my people, the wild, as some call us, we were, you might say, blessed with, rather like the Ice Walkers, blessed with the, the blood of the Senna, Though it seems to, they seem to have forsaken it, but many of my kind, myself included, nurtured the arts that this natural propensity blessed us with. Of course, that is not to say that all of my people were proficient sorcerers, but there was a there was rich potential in many of us when the when the great freeze was brought about by the hubris of the Senna, although many of our people fled southwards on the great fleets with your ancestors. Those of us who chose to remain, we attempted to use our abilities to uh, fortify ourselves against an unsurvivable winter. Even your own, and he, he looks at Brock and Lan, he says, even your people, although you did not flee as far south 
as others, even your people, moved south onto the ice flows. We chose to remain, but no one could survive unaided against the great winter. We wove a mighty working that we, perhaps in an echo of the Senna's hubris, believed would preserve us against the winter. It would fortify us against it. However, the working, which was by necessity hastier than we would have liked, had unintended side effects. Those of us who had a strong talent for sorcery, let's call it, for the sake of simplicity, our abilities were much bolstered. However, our physical forms were reduced to what you see now, little more than living shadow. Those of my people who did not possess sorcerous talents were affected in a similar way, but were reduced to little more than automatons. Eventually, we worked out how to make the, the masks that allow us to interact with the physical world, but we are, as you see us now, one foot in the physical world and one foot in elsewhere. It is our desire to find a way to return ourselves to our previous forms whilst maintaining the, the gifts that were bestowed upon us, and also to return the, the minds and the hearts of those of our people who were reduced in stature due to not possessing sorcerous talents. In return for the generous aid of Lord Brannan in accomplishing this goal, I have agreed to provide your alliance with knowledge of the interior of Valconan and many of its threats and dangers since we have been here for a long time and also to help come to the aid of yourselves should this Rohalin you speak of decide to ignore your great towers and launch an attack and all we ask in return is the is your help in undoing the damage that we unwittingly wrought upon ourselves but first as a as a sign of good faith and he reaches into his cloak and he pulls out what looks to be a, a sort of roll of some sort of leather with like cord tying it up and he throws it onto the table and it lands like in front of you guys just like on the table this roll of leather with twine around it I'm I'm waiting for someone to reach for it. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I'm going to have to butt in here. <laughs> yeah, so a, as this meeting's been going on, uh, Brock is not, not renowned for being the loudest person, but being this silent for so long, uh, you can see he is slowly bubbling. And uh, after the talk from Lord Brennan and now from this wispy magic creature that basically attacked us without any any sort of um well any reason as far as i can tell um yeah he's losing it so as the meeting's going on he's just i mean why am i well no he's gripping the 
the sort of the arm of his chair more and more and it's noticeably making noises he's gripping it that hard he's like creaking and um and as he gestures this he's just going to stand up and he's just going to say i need some air and he's just going to storm out and he's just heard enough that he don't he don't like this at the moment yeah so brock storms shouts he needs some air he storms out the door closes with a slam behind him at which point the shadow of prospero says i apologize if i have caused offense with my my simple gift i'll reach for the gift to find out what it is okay you unfurl this this rectangular piece of leather and as you look at it you can see that sort of drawn sort of fairly fairly sort of expertly on the on this piece of leather is what appears to be a map of the interior of Valconan. I'll say as we we're all looking at this now. Uh, I'll I've say... now revealed the map. Oh, let me revise that. So, the Great White is that uh, just glacier or what? To, to the far north. Yeah. Yes, that's glacier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, as as we're sort of. Looking it over, I suppose, like people leaning on the table, maybe. Uh, I'll, I'll mention to um, our shadow friend that I hope you'll excuse the temperament of certain parties here today. The uh, the encounter from which you recall certain parties present here today. Indeed. Um, I suppose has soured some tongues. There is nothing to apologize for. The the ice walkers' antipathy towards forces that they do not understand is known to us. I think this is a point, and I'll I'll look around the table for us all to consider here now. Now, I am a simple man, not of any great talent. During the time here, though, uh, we have had the fortune of meeting with many a knowledgeable individual. We've seen places, we've personally been to places that are weighty in their history. We've learned some things. Even such as I, uh, I have, have <laughs> learned things. And it does, from the meager, meager scraps that I have been able to put together and understand, it does seem that we all share a certain commonality here. Even the people in Rohaline, we're, we're all, to an extent, I suppose you would say we, we are all children of this place here and we are all scarred by events long past. Having barely any fault of our own, uh, 
that that I can tell in the formation of said scars. Perhaps your story is different. I I do not presume to speak for you, but what I am getting at here is I think we are all striving ultimately for the same thing, um, which is a comfortable existence once again on this place that seems to be the home of us all from again from my very modest understanding a, a, a footman's understanding a yeoman's understanding of things i believe you are correct says the the shadow of prospera the we all have a desire to to thrive here i suppose the the difference from my story as opposed to yours although there are many similarities is that you are talking of events long past that affected your ancestors and those who came before you whereas i am seeing such events through the lens of memory that is true that's true my life such as it is began on the on the coast and the plains of far rohalin and uh, it is well i suppose it, it is uh, it is quite the thing to stand here today and i think that is probably true for all of us in some measure uh aside from perhaps your own august personage being of course of some rather more advanced age than the rest of us here i um Indeed. i hope dearly maybe naively as well that we could make this work amongst ourselves because we share this one thing that i think is probably the most vital thing of all indeed it is my hope that my people can return to something akin to the life we led before the unfortunate state we are in now and of course in return for Lord Brannan's aid and the assistance of the various other people herein we are of course prepared to do our part it is there are certain places that I suppose you would say are are sacred or have an importance to my people on Valconan. In times gone by when we were more than we are now, we erected monuments in such places, places where we felt the the natural flow of magic, let's call it for simplicity's sake, was strongest the regrettable incident at Fort Kersey for which I entirely accept the fault was mine was because we believed that your people were attempting to destroy one such sacred site the, the stone that was present it is regrettable because perhaps if we had been able to meet as we are now and discuss it calmly 
many of the lives of my people and yours could have been preserved. However, and I do not say this as an excuse, I am perfectly prepared to accept the fault was ours. We have become used to dealing with the challenges of Valconan, where it seems every creature you come across is almost certainly trying to slay you. When we first encountered your people, being fairly unaware of them, we reacted in the manner we would react to any other natural hazard in Valconan, where we have learnt that it is better to strike first than wait to be struck. We now recognise that this was an error, and it is hoped by my people that by aiding you in this alliance of yours we can in some way make amends for this error. At which point Lord Brandon says, um, well yes, there's obviously no denying that what happened in Fort Kersey was a was a tragedy, but personally I would rather learn from such an event and make sure that it does not happen again. As I say, with with Raueline sure to be nipping at our heels come the summer months, we cannot afford to be fighting amongst ourselves when that happens since if we are divided it will be far easier for them to sweep us aside and take what they will pillaging the the wealth of Valcon and installing their own people and that sort of thing and basically taking advantage of all of the hard work the blood sweat and the tears that we have put into building this place up into what it is now and as far as I'm concerned forgive me if I speak out of turn as far as I'm concerned if you are not willing to, to risk the dangers that all of us here risked in coming to this unknown land. Aside from those who lived here, but as you say, even the, the natives of Balcona, they daily struggle against dangers, the like of which are unknown in Roeline. If the people of Roeline were unwilling to, to face the dangers alongside us, then in my opinion, they should not be sharing in the benefits that our our blood and toil has won us. At this point, we're going to cut to Brock outside, presumably getting a bit of air. Huffing about. Yeah, stop. <laughs> just storming up and down. Just stomping, stomping about outside, yeah. Okay, so yeah. as you're stood outside you're walking up and down you see a, a like from out of the forest you see a group of soldiers wearing like the purple and black livery of Fort Eastburn approaching and you see Mercy Dixon the Castellan of Staffstone Tower so with the soldiers a few of them look like they've got like various like minor wounds on them there's like they've got like a bit of blood splattered on their like armor and their like clothing you can see like most of them have got like they're wearing weapons, etc. You can see, like, there's a couple at the back, and they're like dragging one of those sort of like stretchers, like the litters, and there's like a one of the guards like lying on it. He appears to be dead. Mm. I'll, I'll wander out and 
see what what's happened cause... yeah you can see that they're like obviously heading for the tower so yeah you meet them halfway at which point uh mercy dixon see so you can see as you get closer she's actually got one of her arms in like a, a sort of makeshift like sling she sees you approach and she's like oh uh brock uh have i have i missed the the meeting um it's it started they're still oh. discussing stuff good good I, I, I was hoping to make it back in time what what, what seems to have happened it it looks like you've got casualties yeah only, only the one fortunately it could have been a lot worse uh, well uh I, i'm sorry i don't sorry i've i've taken a few bumps and knocks myself uh i, I can't remember whether it was you or your uh your elven friend i spoke to about this uh you're aware that then if you're aware we had a a man at the tower who was attacked by a strange uh, a strange creature who was bitten by it um i think malcolm mentioned he'd had some encounter uh, yes that that's right it was a it was a, it was harper your friend that i spoke to about it uh, yes well he was he was attacked by this uh, strange creature that looked like a man but had like teeth like a shark and uh it, it bit one of a uh, one of my men uh we we dealt with the creature of course what we thought we had um whilst we were preparing to burn it the the creature revived i suppose you could say and uh, we we pursued it off into the the forest eventually we caught it up and uh at a great cost we were able to dispatch it uh, following uh, malcolm's advice we entirely burnt the body we scattered the ashes all of that sort of things that he recommended and uh when we came back our the the, the soldier who had been bitten seemed to have uh, entirely recovered so we we thought nothing of it uh, however when we were uh when we came to check on him the next day we we found he was gone his the, the window of his chambers had been smashed open and there were tracks leading into the forest we found one of the 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 servants in the castle uh, slaughtered is the only word i can use for it in his bedchamber um, blood everywhere um, in order to prevent potential further infection we of course burnt the body of the the servant regrettable though it was scattered his ashes we've just come back from pursuing the uh the, the unfortunate soldier in the forest when we found him he was he was very much like the the beast that we had slain earlier um he as we attacked him various animals seemed to emerge from the forest and set upon us a, a number of them killed my my man back there uh, we were able to we were able to dispatch him and again burn his body scatter the ashes but uh, most of us took uh, injuries during it Mm. Um, we encountered a similar creature um, near New Zealand. Did, um, did, at which point she looks a little bit panicked, and she's like, "Did, mm. did, did you did you burn its body?" Um, we did dispose of the body, but I don't think we burned it. Um, we we took its head from its shoulders. Um, but basically, this... when when you guys previously talked about it, when you killed it, it basically mm. like crumbled to dust. Yeah, but we didn't do anything else with it. Um, and this this man that had been bitten, how, how long was it before 
he disappeared or well after he'd first been bitten after recovery after he'd first been bitten before we went after the creature he seemed to to fall ill and be getting weaker and weaker for must be two three days and uh we we went we went out we, we thought it was a normal ailment we went out to to hunt down the creature and then as i said when we dispatched it we returned to find him apparently in the process of recovery he seemed fine um he was untroubled by any of the the strange dreams he'd been having and mm. we, we thought well um perhaps something in killing the creature that had bitten him had now it was gone perhaps whatever had infected him was gone as well and then that that very evening we we all heard the commotion but by the time we got to his chambers he'd gone and there was just the dead body of the the servant so before he'd fully recovered he took a turn for the worst it seems we assume so well like i say he seemed he seemed fine when we when we'd slain the creature but uh, obviously we were mistaken uh, would mm. would that we had known we we might have saved the life of the, the the poor servant. This is troubling. Okay. Um well I'll allow you to you know get back to the the tower and and rest up and well, refresh yourself. Yeah, so I've I have i got to I've got to make sure my men are all are all settled in and we've we've of course got to bury our our fellow here. Looking. I'll um, I'll go and grab the uh, like the uh, the sledge they made or whatever, and take over from the guys dragging it to give them a bit of rest. Although it's only a short distance to the tower, but yeah, you just to show William. You you start sort of helping them, and they're basically you see they're like they're doing like a very simple sort of burial for him. She says, uh, "Luckily, he uh, he didn't uh, he wasn't killed by the creature. It was the these animals that came out to the." The, the woods, uh, but I'm going to station a guard by his uh, his resting place for a few nights just to be on the safe side. Um, Sounds wise in the circumstance. One thing, I tell you, one thing that was odd though, while we were while we were fighting the the creature, uh, it went to attack one of my men, and then as it was, it had him dead to rights. It was about to sink its teeth in, and then it seemingly recoiled. Almost as though it had been struck and backed away from him. And can you think of any reason that might have caused it to? Well, we've been we've been trying to think about it on the the travel back since obviously if we could if we could work out what it was we can we can potentially use it. The only thing I can think um, is the <laughs> he, he, she she sort of gestures at the sorry she, he's um, the only guy I can think of he's a uh, he's a very keen. I suppose gardener you say in his spare time and uh recently he's been trying to grow some herbs and uh whatnot around the uh in some of the slightly more fertile areas around the uh around the tower he's been trying to um put some soil in pots to to keep them free from the frost um, you know just to provide us with some like herbs and a few bits and pieces that we can use during the winter the only the only thing i could think that perhaps he was carrying a, a pouch of like some of his stuff that he he picked during the day. Um, we, we were hoping to like use it to like flavor our rations and such like you know you know how bland these uh, these uh, iron rations can get. But uh, we were hoping to use his herbs and whatnot to flavor it. I can only think 
it was something in there that repelled the beast after all that that's the only thing that he was carrying that we weren't i mean all the rest of us were carrying our standard campaigning equipment well i mean uh herbs can be very powerful i have yes. used them myself to help cure poisons and and such so i know that um they do have some strong um what are quite potent some of these herbs uh in aiding with poison would uh this man be available to just have a quick word to see what herbs is managed to lay his hands on daniels daniels come over here and he, he comes over and he's like uh he's like uh yes sir what can i do for you she's like oh show her this is a friend of mine brock and he, he gives you like a salute he says uh show him um what, what you've got in your your herb pouch and he says oh yeah yes uh, of course and he opens up this leather sort of like knapsack that he's got strung over his shoulder he opens it up shows it to you and it's a mix of various like herbs that have been like finely chopped and like but the majority of it sat on top of this layer of herbs are these like massive fat bulbs of garlic hmm. and is is this the, the stuff you had when you had this encounter with this horrible creature he says well he says yes this this is it he says aside from uh, aside from a few pinches of this that i that i used to sort of spice up our rations a little bit on the way back uh, i i've been trying to grow herbs the the garlic uh the mint etc just um you know hoping we the, the food we can get around here especially during the winter months it's going to be very bland i was thinking that maybe if so i used to enjoy a bit of gardening before i came here i thought maybe i could I could use it to at least sort of give a bit more flavour to our food. But yeah, this is pretty much what I had in. Like I say, aside from a few pinches that were used in our rations on the trip back. Mm. So, you know, I'm, I'm fairly good with herbs, so I'll sort of make a mental note of all the sort of different ones he's got. Yeah, no problems. Um, so that I can potentially look into getting some myself. Yeah, that's absolutely us. fine. But as you say, you've certainly got enough knowledge of herbs with your background and the fact you use herbs for healing and it's very mm. commonly used amongst the ice walker tribe so yeah and you can see they're all sort of like fairly like local herbs that have been sort of like grown garlic maybe not so common but you know you can find it in certain places and yet yeah, you, you make a note of it you're like yeah i recognize all of that yeah just just by the smell you can tell what's in there so yeah you make yeah. a mental note of that uh, well yeah thank you it could be you know it could be uh, quite an important discovery if, you, oh, if you've oh, found glad, some way of repelling this creature. Glad, glad to help, sir. Um, at which point, uh, most of it says, oh, that, that's fine, Daniels, that'll be all. Uh, t tell the men to fall out, go and get some food, uh, get get some rest. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go and clean myself up a bit and um, then I'm going to head up to the meeting. Uh, she, she turns back to you and says... Uh, well, uh, as I said, as I said to Daniels, I'm gonna go and get myself cleaned up and try and catch the end of the meeting. Uh, she looks like she's gonna say something else, and then she just like cuts herself off and she just nods at you and yeah, yeah. walks into the tower. Yeah, I'll give her a nod in acknowledgement, and yeah, I'll um, I think I'll probably wait outside now for the uh, okay, the sort of feedback from the meeting. Um, I don't want it to go on too long because I want to get this news to the rest of the group. So, okay. Um, so, if it goes more than half hour, I might sort of go back in. Okay. So, I, I tell you what, 
we'll, we'll cut to half an hour later then with there's just been general chit chat going on etc you know reiterating the points you know people talking about what potentially they could do talking about the building of towers you know all, all the sort of like nitty-gritty detail we don't really need to like dwell upon you know the exact positioning why Mars probably talked about like, oh we've actually started like measuring out some of the sites for for the towers so like when you when you actually send your people uh, we'll have the measurements for them um, and you probably drop in like oh who are you planning on sending by the way at which point brandon's like oh well of course we'll have to send stonemasons and carpenters and all the sort of normal craftspeople you accept. There's a distinct absence of him saying, like, we will send evil sorcerers to raise towers from the depths of the earth. Damn it. <laughs> the distinct lack of all that. It's just like, yeah, carpenters and like stone yeah, masons. The, and... the, the crafty devil. That's <laughs> in small print, that is. That's it. Yeah, I like to think he's sat there and say, yeah, we'll send stonemasons, carpenters, uh, draftspeople, evil sorcerers. What was that last bit? Draftspeople? No, 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 the other bit. But yeah, so, so the, the chat sign anything. The, the the chat's been going on for about like half an hour of all this sort of nitty gritty detail. Obviously, you're still outside, bro. Like say half an hour's passed. You go back into the. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. Uh... Obviously, we're sort of around about midday now. Yeah, I mean, is there a guard outside the door? Yeah, there's a guard outside the door. But obviously, they've seen that yeah. you've come out and you've been in there, so that they'll, they'll yeah. give like a a sort of salute, but they won't stop you from going in. Okay, yeah, well, I, I sort of quietly open the door in case we're in the middle of something, uh, and then sort of, obviously, I'll just go back to my seat. So, uh, as you're walking in, Prospero, the, response. the Shadow Elf, is um, saying, and uh, in the spirit of sharing information in our new alliance, was anyone aware that the... And he says like a word in Elven that no one like understands, and he says, "I believe you call it the Witch Isle, has been colonised by an occupying force." Which went everyone round the tables like, "No, no, I don't know." He says, "Yes." What force would that be? So I, I do not have the full details, since I have not travelled there myself. However, we do have eyes that can look a great distance. We believe a a human wielding great magics has weaponized the the many bodies of the dead that lie on that place and has used them to take control of the island. Previously, I believe it was occupied by a ragtag alliance of, and again, he says like an elven word that you don't understand, and strange, deformed creatures. Just to get us all on the same page, the previous occupants, strange, deformed creatures, and Frost dwarfs, the, the, the kin of the dwarves. That that would be an accurate description. Yeah, I know. Well, this this certainly is notable news. Indeed, I believe this individual has 
taken control of the island and if they have the ability to command the dead then surely those uh, frost dwarves as you call them and whatever deformed creatures are stood against him are now part of his forces would stand to reason I would have mentioned this earlier and I would have deemed it more urgent to save that the the forces occupying the island seem to have made no move to step beyond the bounds of the island itself. You see like Brannon frowning as he's sort of contemplating this. He's like, well, I, I can't say I like the thought of a, a potentially hostile force lurking within our own borders, especially not on a, a defensible location like the, the Witch Isle. I mean, they're, they're not hostile for now, but weeks, months, years down the line, who knows? I can't say I've had any personal dealings with these these frost dwarves or these other people on the island, but uh, the simply moving in and slaying the, the people on the island doesn't bode well for the forces that now occupy it. Well, I, I think that will enter close to the top of the priority list of problems to deal with. Indeed, and as this is going on, Brock comes walking back in and like catches that. Presumably you sit down again, Brock. Yeah, I'm going to sit next to Weimar if I can, or yeah. close enough. And uh, as they sort of continue to talk, I'm just going to whisper and say, I need to have a word in private. I'll say, excuse me, I'll, I I will. Um, At which point Lord Brandon sort of holds up his hand and he says, uh, I, I think this might be a, a good place to have a, a slight recess from the meeting. Obviously a lot of weighty matters are being discussed here. I suggest we all have we all have five minutes to clear our heads, taking some fresh air, and then we, we return to the table and we carry on anew. At which point like, people are nodding and they're sort of like getting mm. up and people are sort of filing out and doing their own thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, if that's the case, then I'll take our little group to one side. Mm -hmm. um, the, the four of us, and I'll say um, I've just spoken to. Is it Captain Dixon? It, technically, it's Castellan Dixon, but uh, oh, all right, yeah. she she she's several times said like, like, like my name's Mercy Dixon. You can just call me Mercy Dixon. Yeah. It's fine. Okay, Mercy Dixon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just ran into Mercy Dixon outside and they've just returned from fighting what sounds like a creature similar to the one that we dispatched um, a few days ago that um, bit Malcolm. Um, but the worrying thing was that one of their, one of their soldiers was bitten, uh, seemed to be making a recovery. Then not one or two days later, still succumb to the curse or they assumed the curse because it, it attacked somebody else and uh, sort of went on the rampage until they disposed of it so i'm now fear that the the man that we returned to the village could do a similar thing 
and New Zealand could be in danger. So, so it came back. So basically someone was bitten. They killed the creature that originally bit the person and they started to make a recovery and they thought, oh, you know, it's the, the curse has been lifted. But then like a, a day later, it turned into one of these creatures still. And, you know, basically turned into the same thing, which sounds similar to what happened to us. When we returned, he was seeming to get better, that guy. So I'm just concerned that... It's the same kind of thing that bit Malcolm. Yeah. Well, the description seems similar. From what I could get from the the soldiers. Uh, Very real possibility, then, that Malcolm could become one of these things. um, He didn't seem to have the same sort of illness... That the, the the guy of the village did, but it is still a potential, yeah. Um, and they and they they have sound, seemed to have found some sort of repellent, one of these herbs that they've collected, and I'll list off all the different herbs that they had. Um, yeah, Brock reels off like a, a list of herbs. Obviously, he's using like ice walker like local names for them so it wouldn't just be like our oh, sage rosemary like mint it'd be like whatever the ice walkers call them so yeah. a lot of them you won't recognize but obviously brock seems to like know exactly what these herbs are and obviously you guys know that as a local his people use a lot of herbal medicines because they're not down with the magic i mean even these these herbs could somehow reverse the curse or this I don't know, the turning or whatever we want to call it. Um, or at least protect people from it. Or we could use it against these creatures if if um, if we run across them again. Could we not put bags of those herbs in people's houses? Yeah, if we can. Yeah, when, once we get back and collect up enough of them, we can, yeah, certainly do something to try and protect people of the village. But I'm just concerned that there could be one of these creatures running about now or in the very near future while we sit here discussing how this Lord is going to become all-powerful. Well, I think we all gathered that as the gist of the meeting, but we still need to finish hearing him out. Somebody needs to finish hearing him out. <laughs> we can't just up and leave because they'll take offence. That is obviously a, a decision I, I will leave with you. You and why more? But I think it's clear that they mean to control this creature, and once they have control of that creature, I feel we we have little to no hope. That's why we should volunteer to try and control the creature. Or At least never smash the bloody orb. Or rid ourselves of this this Lord once and for all. But you're probably right, we should at least hear what they've got to say. 
although they've probably said most of it. I think they've said most of it, then repeated most of it, and then repeated most of it again. I'm just waiting for them to start falling asleep now. And the uh, the witch isle, that sounds like this. Was it a knight or someone who may have got his hands on this evil sword that we had rumours of? Well, we we uh, we do know who has the sword. It is a um, a bruiser that we had around in New Zealand mm, from the and, past. Yeah. Uh, the blah, blah, blah. the witch isle is the, the sort of burial site of several uh, sort of old solar religion knights from all the way back before the ice age. Yeah, you and Malcolm have told me of some of the your tales of the mm. the witch isle. And these spirits were restless, so I don't. If if there's someone there who can actually raise the dead, uh, it I think it will be a very, very, very difficult endeavor if they can also command these knights that have been laid to rest there. Their tombs are there, so they will have access to the tombs if they control the isle. And if they can bring those knights to bear as well, I don't know that we have anything on on Valkonen that can stop that. Mm. Apart from maybe this flying beast. Yeah. Or the shadow people. That is true. That is true. That is a good point, Quentin. But are there many of those shadow people left? I would imagine that when we encountered them, their defeat was temporary. Hmm. I think what they what they seem to imply is they are only able to be touched because of the masks. And once we break the masks, I presume they revert back to whatever smoke that they usually uh, are. Hmm. So I'm I'm actually not sure that we've uh, successfully slain any of them. Could we? Could be that we just broke some masks. But that, that is, is true, Quentin. That is that is a good point. We should, if we run into these knights, the best option is probably getting some of these these ones to help. At that point, I mean, I, I, we have this. I I pat the sword. Well, I, I assume it's in their best interest that the dead aren't walking around. I would, I would suppose so. They seem also invested in, well, continuing to be here. So, I guess, I guess they would be interested in that. Hmm. We're a busy little town, aren't we? Oh, it, it seems that there are, just as I was hoping, we could could have the winter for ourselves fires are springing up again there's many enemies on the doorstep yeah even if they say they're not enemies 
I don't trust any of them. So, are are we still interested in heading to... We're still interested. We continue doing as we're doing, I think. Mm. We volunteer ourselves to go and try and get this dragon thing that Malcolm's interested in. As you're saying that, why more in your head you hear like a... I think I did. Yes. Uh, are you going to tell them about the uh, the orb? I wasn't going to here, where there are several pairs of ears that should perhaps remain ignorant. No, no, fat, fat, fat point, fat point. Well made. Mm. Um, after we depart from the radius of said ears, yes, that will be the first thing that we will discuss. Ah, yeah, so again, you had you in the voice saying, Yes, yeah, sorry about that. Um, that's the uh, one of the downsides about being a being a weapon. Uh, sometimes the <laughs> subtleties escape me, I've got to admit. Yeah, we, good, we good, call, our, good call, Wymar. Good call. We have our strengths. You have a very keen edge. Ah, yes. And I, I, I do appreciate that. Ah. ah, sorry, sorry for interrupting. I'll let you, I'll let you get on with it. Mm. So I like Weimar is just like, like frozen, staring into the like a point in the ground, for a bit, and there's, sorry, I I had to, <laughs> had to have a discussion. Just then. <clears throat> well, well, let's get this meeting over as quickly as we can, then, because oh, I'm keen to return mm. to New Zealand. Mm. Yes, quite, quite. And I suppose we'll file back in. As you guys head back into the meeting, the meeting is pretty much drawing to a close, so we'll skim over the end of it. Basically, Brannon's saying, yeah, they'll get people out to start surveying and making the preparations for building the tower in New Zealand. He says it's probably going to take at least a couple of months to to complete the construction, because obviously trying to get all the raw materials in winter is not ideal. And so there's not like vast uh, armies of like qualified drafts people etc in Valcona so he says it's probably going to take a couple of months but he says oh, as soon as the meeting's finished and he's dealt with a few other matters he, he'll send the people over to New Zealand to like have a look at the, the measurements that you guys have been taking you know start the construction etc so we'll get that underway uh, he's, uh, it's revealed that um, the, the Prospero's people the, the shadow creatures are going to be helping with the the research in into this like strange orb they don't know how long that's going to take but he basically says it'll it'll keep all concerned parties up to date on like their research and when that's finished they're going to call for volunteers uh, the the captain from Fort Hawk reveals that um, his his lord effectively is currently attempting to sound out whether a, a ruined castle to the west of Fort Hawk is potentially recoverable and whether that can be used as like another sort of stronghold to help protect the interior of Valconan. Obviously there may be dangers there but um, he says that Lord Carabas Hawk is hoping to reclaim that 
and obviously again he exchanges promises to like keep everyone as up to date as he can with like what's going on with that at the very end mercy dixon comes in she like confers a bit quietly with um with lord brannan and he's he sort of welcomes her to the meeting she sits down he, he very quickly summarizes what's occurred for her and she doesn't say a great deal she just says she apologizes to everyone you know there's some matters they have to deal with etc and the meeting slowly starts drawing to a close is there anything you guys want to say in like the closing stages of the meeting or anything you want to discuss because people are like filing out and sort of going their separate ways but you can see there's a there's a few people you know sort of people are like catching each other and like having quiet words with each other and stuff like that so if there's any of the people you want to like speak with individually before like everyone disperses you've got the opportunity to do that but obviously that's down to you guys entirely all right I think I'll ambush <clears throat> the Shadow Elf. Okay, yeah, as you uh, you see Prospero like, walking out of the tower, you can see there's a couple of the the guards with the staffs and like the sort of stone masks covering their faces that he appears to be like walking towards. Presumably his like guard, for want of a better term. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll hold up a hand and say... I would like to thank you for bringing up the situation in Wish Isle. And I would also further in that line of thinking, I would like to ask for lack of understanding. I'm not aware if, if you are aware that there are um, spirits of the restless dead on the witch isle in in more than just flesh in in spirit as well you you speak of the gods of the ancient senate do you not yes yes the knights if they were to bring their ghostly blades into the service of whoever is on the isle now would you be able to stand against them with your craft? It is possible, yes. For I, I do think that if whoever is on the aisle right now is able to sway those knights, their, their spirits, into their service, I doubt there will be many things on Valconan that can thwart their advance. Well, as we have said, we are prepared to do our part for this this new alliance. If we were called upon to to help with the situation on the island, we would do so to the best of our abilities. My only concern is I sense a an item of great power within the bounds of the Witch Isle, and I do not speak of the ancient lodestone that is situated there. Oh. I believe one of the the three great blades now rests upon the island. Much as one is now here. I nod. You you think that one will have the power to raise the dead? It is possible. The three blades, although 
One of them has been missing for many, many years, but the, the three blades are extremely powerful. The, they are more limited by the capacity of their wielder than by the item itself. It would depend on how the, the wielder of the, I'm sorry, I do not know the name of it in your tongue. And he says like an Alban word. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, if the wielder has managed to unlock the, the powers of this blade, then it is certainly conceivable that it could mm. be used to control that. And much as your, your own blade can be used to repel them and lay them to rest, the, the blade that I believe rests there is the equal and opposite number of yours. It is a, a dark mirror of your own, if you will. Right, well, um, with your leave, we will be contacting you if and when it is time to strike. Of course, we are still currently occupying the the building that you knew as Fort Kersey. If you need, if you have need of us, we can be reached there. If you encounter any of our guards use my name when you come to the fortress and you will not be armed uh, did we get sorry uh, I, I might have forgotten did we get uh, like an elven yeah oh. so we didn't get the like actual like elven <laughs> yeah so okay um, you think right. he's basically giving you like a nickname which like you yeah. guys will be able to pronounce yeah yeah it's, it's basically like yeah you can call me this because you know that's not gonna work if I give you the proper one so yeah I'll um, I'll nod and I'll extend my hands like well Prospero I it, it extends his shadowy hand and as you sort of shake hands you feel like a sort of slightly like numbing cold like mm-hmm. seep into your skin as it's like gauzy, shadowy, like f- flesh and in inverted commas makes contact with your own, but he shakes your hand and then withdraws and you feel like the cold fade as he withdraws his hand. Well, I hope this will have a pleasant ending for us all. As do I. My primary concern is, and always will be, the well-being of my people. as I'm sure it is the same for you. Did we strike down your people? No. I not. The, as I said in the meeting, the, any gestures of the sort of like flash mask that he's wearing, he mm-hmm. says these, these masks are a way for us to be able to interact with the world. Without them we are we are formless, we are merest shadows. However, the crafting of these items is a long and involved process. So whilst you have not destroyed any of my kind, it will take us some time to rebuild the, the necessary items for them to be whole or as whole as my people can be again. But I, I do not I do not say this in anger. 
As I said in the meeting, I understand the fault was ours, and you were merely doing what you thought was right to protect your people. I hope in the future we will have a greater understanding Indeed. and avoid these things. That is my hope also. Again, allow me to express my regret for what happened at Fort Kersey. Were it possible for me to restore your people as eventually we will be able to restore my own, I would do so. Yes, well, I think um, it is... <laughs> if you would ask my people, I think uh, a good number of them would prefer not to be restored. The uh, uh, it, it, it it tends to go bad, and it is it is what we will have to deal with on the Witch Isle. Uh, I think. Indeed, I think as we have learnt with our with our current situation, whilst we have gained much, what we have lost is far, far greater. Well, we will make the best of what we have. Yes. We will be, uh... Well... We will be contacting you when the need arises. Very well. And then I'll, you know, let him pass. Yeah, he, <laughs> he basically falls into that lockstep with his guard. He doesn't like, say anything to his guards, he just walks between them. And as he does, they just like <coughs> fall in with him and start like walking away. Mm -hmm. Almost as though like they just knew what he wanted them to do and they just like fall in lockstep and walk up. Rocket just spend the next five minutes shaking his head. <laughs> There's <laughs> muttering there. Yeah. Growling and grunting and <laughs> he's gone through three tongues today. He's, he's bit him so hard. Okay, so does anyone else want to talk to anyone else? I'm gonna see if I can uh rustle up any herbs from the like the kitchen of this place for our journey back. Yeah, roll me um, as roll much me, as I can. Uh, roll me a D4. Just try and persuade him to give us anything that might be on that list. I've uh, got a one. Okay, they've they've not got much because most of it they're sort of like putting no. into their stores. But the um, like one of the servants in the kitchen, he sort of obviously recognises you as like you're a visiting dignitary as far as they're concerned. And uh, he says, oh, well, I, c I can give you this, sir. Uh, we haven't got much to spare, but... And he hands you, like, a sort of... Like, basically, like, a string of, like, garlic bulbs. And you're like, he's like, that, if that's any use to you, sir, he's like, you're welcome to that. Yeah, anything is um, gratefully received. Thank you, my good man. There you go, and I shall add a, a dose of garlic to your carrot chain. There you go. Okay, so what's next, guys? I think we want to head back, don't we? Two things, yeah. We need to go back and we need to try and weaponize these herbs. Yeah, I mean, on the way back, I'm going to try and collect some, if possible. Um, I'm going to try and sort of, sort of jog ahead of the group, looking for any likely signs of any of these herbs on my list and just keep you know sort of doing that ahead of the, the cart 
Okay, so you're effectively foraging. Yeah. So, Unfortunately, it'd be while moving sort of thing. But Yeah, so it's, it's opportunistic. So for your first day of travel, obviously you, you will make camp, you'll do your various watches, etc. Anyone who's down hit points can recover D3 hit points. Um, you will need to eat a ration. And Brock, you can make a D6 roll. If you get a 1 or a 2, you manage to find some herbs. I've got... Op- Unless you've got stick, yeah, it. yeah. Uh, I'll just roll that one. Oh, it's one in six, isn't it? No, it's one or two in six, because if you have a friar or a barbarian in the group. So, you've succeeded. Well, I thought it was when you're moving, it made it sort of less likely. Wasn't that the... Uh... Yeah, if, you, if you're dedicated to foraging, it's... it's oh, uh, five and six. Yeah, exactly. It, you're almost guaranteed to find something that's dedicated, whereas it's a one or a two. I don't know. It's set up for the default of like one in D6 for you, but that's just basically it's a one in six chance base if you don't have a friar or a barbarian. Oh, I'll change that to a two just yeah, so when we'll no I roll it in the future. Yep, okay, cool. so let me just uh, bring up my table of herbage. We'll see, we'll see what we do. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to find sort of natural herbs that is on my list, but obviously. Yeah, no problems. Okay, roll me a d20. Twenty. Yep. That is a three. Okay. So, as you are searching, you come across effectively like a a small sort of partially frozen pool of water, but it's slightly sheltered by the trees, so it's not fully frozen. And round the the sort of edges and in the shallows of the water, you find a herb known as Boson's Balm in the the common sort of parlance. You know mm-hmm. that basically it you, amongst the ice walkers, like when you sort of like you have your breakfast for want of a better term, if you like put this herb in it, it's supposed to like sort of like stimulate you and sort of like give you like a boost of energy in the like early morning, like get you going. And I will drop a dose of that into your onto your carrot sheet. There we go. And basically it's a it's pretty much a sort of like natural stimulant. So if you're like feeling tired or you're like fatigued, if you eat that you can use it to sort of like temporarily I mean, if you just kept bolting it down eventually like the fatigue would get you. But temporarily, you can use it to like mitigate the effects of like fatigue and tiredness. Like if you were like, oh, I've been on watch for like hours this evening. Oh, but someone else is like ill, so they can't do that watch. I need to do a second one, but I'm really tired. You could like bang some of that down you, and you it'll keep you going like temporarily. Oh. Okay, so I'm gonna make a quick. Uh, since you're traveling back, I'm gonna make a quick cheeky uh, random encounter roll as well. You know, me, I love some random encounters. Random encounters. 
Is there a herb seller on that? Random <laughs> encounter list. Trader. Traveling. Okay, so as you're traveling back, it starts getting into like the evening. You notice that the the snowfall has actually like lessened slightly. The winds died down a little bit. There's still snow coming down, but it's not like the the massive flurries now. It's more like a light sprinkling, which is obviously and the wind chills lessened a lot, so it doesn't feel quite as cold and uncomfortable. So you've got like a momentary respite from the biting cold. You all set up camp in the the, the Whalesong Woods. Obviously, you're sort of roughly going in the direction of the um, the Mage Tower ruins again, but you can skirt them or not as you see fit. You you set up camp. You all keep watches. The rest of the evening passes uneventfully. Next, obviously, D3 back again. Eat a ration, etc. You know the drill. Next day, you carry on moving eastward through the Whalesong Woods. You're passing through the boundaries of the ruins of Castlemaine. You, just beyond it, you can see the frozen expanse of the river. Obviously, as we said previously, there's bits of like wood and ruined stone buildings sticking up out of the snow, etc. that you passed on the way there. And as you continue to move, the the break we the first thought was probably like a, a quick break in the the weather continue it continues to get milder which is a little bit odd because obviously you're heading into like the winter but after a, a few hours of travel the snowfall actually stops cool can i again take the opportunity to a little bit of foraging you on the way. Indeed. Roll a d6, one or two again. Oh, he's done it again. You're a herb master. Okay, roll, roll a d20 again. He's very focused today. 18. Okay, so as you're moving just onto the outskirts of the Whale Song Woods, you're heading, you see the trees have started to thin, you know, you're getting near to the edge of it. As you as you start heading out of it, you, you're looking around, like I said, on the lookout for any herbs or anything that might be useful. And as you, as you glance up at one of the trees on the very outskirts, you see high up in the branches of this thin, sort of flexible, pine tree what appear to be these small violet colored like oyster mushrooms or funguses sort of growing along the branch and you recognize these as what are called witches oysters now amongst despite the sort of inflammatory name you know that amongst like the shamans of your people they when they like want to have visions and stuff like that they effectively boil these mushrooms in water and they they drink this this soup that results from it and it can so it helps them get into like these visionary trances that can like last for like hours 
and they always seem to wake up from it with some sort of like insight into whatever they're currently pondering or whatever their current issue is. It's similar to a old Dovey type concoction. Yeah, it's a it's a similar sort of thing. Although, like I said, rather than like you know you sit down and smoke old Dovey, you ponder mm. for a bit, and then you're like, oh, I've had an idea. Like maybe we can try this. With this, it's like full ball. Like right, you are in some like weird like vision trance for like yeah. hours, and then when you eventually come like completely unaware of your surroundings and what's really going on in the real world, but when you come round from it, sometimes not all the time, you'll have this sort of like flash of insight. It may not always be true. I mean, there's false visions, but it, it's widely used amongst like the shamans of the the ice walkers. Mm. Only to be used in a controlled environment. Yeah, pretty much. And like I say, you can see them like on the high branches of this tree, and you know that that's sort of where they tend. They're almost like a sort of a parasitical fungus that grows like high up on branches of trees. Well, yeah, I'll certainly attempt to. To grab them down or climb up and cut them free. Yeah, that's not a problem. You you shin up the the tree and you cut a a few of these uh, witch's oyster mushrooms off the tree. I've dropped some onto your carrot sheet. Cool. Okay, so does anyone else want to do anything during that day of travel? Obviously we know that uh, Brock's getting his shroom on. <laughs> You know, for vision purposes. Yeah, I'm just looking out for assassins. <laughs> yeah. Roll me a D6. Okay. As, like I say, you're pretty much heading back in the direction you guys came. So, and because like, the snow has stopped... You can actually see like the tracks that you guys made when you were originally heading the other way, because you're pretty much taking exactly the same route back, and you don't notice any like assassins hiding in the bushes or anything. However, you do notice that after a bit, like a set of tracks that you don't recognize, human-looking tracks that you don't recognize, sort of joins your tracks and seems to be like following alongside them. And obviously, you don't remember like seeing anyone following you. So presumably they were like following some time afterwards. Um, we could be being followed. I mean, you're more of a tracker than I am, Brock. So, um, yeah. I mean, that's um, that's Mister Harp, really. I'm a forager and hunter, but. Oh, hunting's a kind of tracking, surely. Yes, I think it's it would assist slightly, but um, but if they're following us now, obviously we ain't going to see those tracks unless we stop or um, yeah, delay in some way and try and lay some sort of ambush or take cover. Or do we push on? Was it just the one set of footsteps? It seemed to you be. Can make out? Which is similar to last time, wasn't it? There's only one. Just push on and be wary, I think. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, if you can keep your eyes peeled for any other signs on the rest of the journey, then that would be most useful. Not a problem. Okay, so you guys know you've obviously got one one more day's travel, effectively. And then you'll be at uh, New Zealand. So, obviously, again, D3 hit points back. Eat a ration. Standard stuff for travel. And on the third day, you cross the, the frozen river and you see New Zealand in the distance. And I will move you on to the New Zealand map. Just give me a moment. Obviously now I've got to turn off the snow on the New Zealand map. bring you guys over onto the map soon. Yeah, it's loading. Cool. I don't like what I'm seeing here. <laughs> now, but before any of you panic when you see the map, I'll point out that like the, the big fiery icons on the map aren't actually fires that are burning at the moment. It's like signs that there was fire there. It's just like, it's easier to see on the map if I just put a fire icon on there. So there's not actually like fires blazing everywhere. It's just like, as you approach New Zealand, obviously you can see Robert, one of the guards, on the bridge. And you can see sort of like where, where there's those fire icons. You can see like scorch marks and stuff like that. As you, obviously, we don't, you don't really need to move your, your figures on the map because you can wander around. No one's going to stop you. As you head into the village... You can see that there's a few of the guards knocking about. Some of them have wounds on them. You can see there's a couple of guards sort of seemingly standing by three dead. I mean, these are the guards from like Eastburn that they sent over. Standing around like three dead bodies that are sort of piled up. You can also see that the, the guard house at the far end on the east in the wall appears to have like basically been like burnt down to the ground. There's just like charred like timbers and stuff like that. You can see your best buddy Brock, uh, Clarence, the guy you were like, arm wrestling. You can see him and like two of the Eastburn soldiers. They're like picking through the burnt down like wreckage of the of the guardhouse. What do you guys want to do? So everything looks like it's sort of done, and whatever's happened, happened is finished. Yeah. But okay, well. I'm going to head towards this uh, Robert on the bridge and find out what's happened. Okay, you walk up to him and you can see like he's got a few minor cuts and bruises on him, but like, nothing serious. As you approach, you see, you see sort of like 
as he sees you coming, he sort of like jumps as though he's like ready to like go. And then when he like sees it's you guys, he sort of like obviously recognises you, like sighs in relief, and he like puts his sword away, and he's like, he's like, oh sorry, sorry about that. We're on a, we're on high alert. What the hell's happened here? He says, uh, oh yeah, it was a, it was a nasty business. He says, uh, you know that, uh, that fellow was uh, that that a. Uh, that that sick fellow. Well, uh, must must have been not a not a day after you left. Well, he, uh, unfortunately, he uh, passed away. I suppose you could call it. And uh, before we knew what was happening, he, well, we thought he'd passed away. Before we knew what was happening, he um, he attacked young uh, Sally, who was ministering to him, and he he disappeared off into the into the woods. Uh, uh, your man Harp took some of the soldiers and went after him uh, we, we've not seen him since uh, whilst we were trying to get ourselves together Sally comes running out of the out of the building and if she I mean it, it was it was all chaos I mean it was all it was it was nighttime it was all dark it was like lots of shouting uh, she came out if she didn't start jumping on some of the guards and attacking them so we had to we had to put her down. And as if that wasn't enough, why were we dealing with that? Uh, another, I, I don't even know what it was, pale, pale thing with big teeth uh, appeared. Uh, it started, uh, Cotton uh, went to fight it. Uh, I, I don't know what happened, maybe a lamp got knocked over or something like that. But before we knew what was going on, the guardhouse was ablaze. Uh, we obviously, uh, Clarence and some of the guards went over there to try and put it out. Uh, last we saw a Cotton, the, the thing was dragging him off into the woods. When did this all take place? Like, like I say, about, it must be a day after you left. Just a couple of days back. Hmm. He says, we, we would have sent... I mean, obviously, we'd already sent some people with uh, with your man Harp. Um, we, we didn't really have anyone to spare. The rest of us have all been just trying to prepare ourselves in case whatever it was came back. Was uh, are any of the men or anybody in the village have any of them been bitten by this creature? He says. Um, he says no. I, I don't think so. Uh, whilst we whilst we were under attack by that thing, I mean, I, I think we could have fended it off. If it was just them, but uh, we got attacked by those bloody wolves again. And uh, I think the the three men that went down, I think, were taken down by the wolves. They they came in through the. Uh, through through the the ruins of the guardhouse, and um, it was all we could do to fend them off. Uh, but um, obviously, with with what happened with Seth and with uh, Sally, uh, the, there's a couple of the guards uh, standing watch over their bodies. We've not had time to take them outside the walls and uh, bury them yet. Burn them. Hmm. It, it, Robert nods and he's like, "Yeah, probably a good idea. Uh, I'll, I'll let the guards know." He says, "He says weird thing is," he says. Obviously, I've, as you know, I I tend to do a lot of stints on the bridge, like guarding the bridge in, and uh, well, I I stayed here while most of the others went to aid with the wall, thinking oh they might come across the bridge and try and get us from both sides. Not a thing. Didn't come across the bridge at all. Mm. Which I thought was which I thought was strange because I 
I'd have thought, you know, if you're trying to if you're trying to really like lay into us, I mean, there's the walls over there, there's the guards, etc. I'd have thought the the bridge would have been the easiest way to attack, but apparently not. Yeah, these creatures you talk of with the, the sharp teeth, they seem to have some sort of control over wolves. So he says, yeah, he says, yeah. So when the uh, when, when the creature came out of the woods and attacked Cotton, uh, it was as it laid into him, and we went to go and defend. Him, suddenly, these well, like like the those giant wolves that attacked us previously, a load of them came surging out of the forest and. Uh, tries we might we couldn't get through them to get to cotton in time and like i say last i saw of him uh well f from what i hear from clarence uh it it dragged the thing dragged cotton off into the woods and we've not seen him since uh i i, I know um i know your man harp said he'd uh wouldn't say track down the the creature they'd try and find him but uh, we've we've not seen anything of him since he left with some of the guards so i try and get a, a good sense of which you know which woods they were going towards get a good idea of the direction so we can try and he points to the northeast into like the wolf forest yeah try and try and track them as best as possible um so i'm going to spend the next few minutes just wandering around and just checking everybody for any sort of bites anyone that looks like they've been involved in combat injuries that there are people who have injuries, but they're mostly seem to be like animal bites you expect from these like wolves that attacked. Yeah, I just I just want to double check everyone that looks like they're injured, just to be on the safe side. You're talking to one of the guards, and he's like, he's basically showing you like he's got like a, a wolf bite mark on his arm, and he's like, he's like, I tell you what, when that uh, when that woman came out of the uh, came out of the long house, I I thought we were gonna, uh, but um, luckily when she uh, when she first came out to. Uh, that there, there, there seemed to still be a bit of daylight, and all, although she was all right moving in the dirt, she didn't seem to want to step outside of it into the light. We, mm. were, we were able to like keep her confined in there, but uh, as uh, as it started getting darker, she seemed to be able. She burst through our defences and came out. We, we took a number of us to take her down. I mean, she was only a, she was only a slight little thing, but I mean, she, she had the strength of a demon. Mm. Interesting. You know, keep on your guard, certainly. We'll try and get to the bottom of this. He says, "Yeah, well, we've we've all been on high alert. I mean, like I said, we've not we've not got it with um, Malcolm's taking some of the people. We've we've not got any people to spare, really. But um, you know, we're trying to we're trying to circle the wagons, so to speak. Yeah. Well, you've 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 done the best you can, and you've uh, at least kept the rest of the village safe." He says, "Yeah, I just wish, uh, I just wish it, it wasn't uh, too late for those uh, poor sods." He says, and he like jerks a thumb and like the sort of three like bodies that have been laid out, and they've got like sacks sort of like put over their head, faces to like cover them. Mm. So still, it could have been a lot worse. We could have lost a lot more people. Indeed. So I'll turn back to the rest of the group. Or return back to the rest of the group once I've checked these wounded. Yeah. What we, what are we thinking? Are we? I mean, we've got to give chase, surely. After Cotton yeah. and burn those bodies Malcolm. first. Well, we can leave that. We can leave instructions for the guys to do that. 
I'm sure they're capable of burning the bodies. We need to f try and find Malcolm and Cotton. Mm -hmm. Or what's left of them. Yeah, so let's let's get people to uh, torch, torch the bodies and go. Yeah, that's not a problem when you're like, you guys are basically like, look, we need you to burn these bodies. Like, what happened before might happen again. They're, they're like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, make with a torch and they don't even argue. Yeah, I'll I'll actually say to uh, uh, Josiah yep. that we're not using the graveyard anymore. Now on, it's it's only uh, cremations. He, he nods as well. Well, if you think that's best. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. You remember that thing with the witch isle? Oh, lord, yes. There's something on the witch isle again. Yeah. At which point that seems to like spur him into action, and he's like, "He's like, y you men there, get some torches, get them on those bodies." Like he goes from like, "Oh, are you sure we should burn them?" And you're like, "Remember the witch, Charlie?" He's like, "Burn those bodies, burn those bodies." <laughs> Already burnt. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can still have a little stone or a cross or something to remember people, can't you? But... Yeah. Oh he, yeah. He, yeah. He, he basically says, "Oh, what they'll do is in the graveyard, they'll just put like a little marker with like their mm -hmm. name on it or whatever." Yeah. So like they can still be remembered, but like obviously yep. he's not. He wants to remember like the fallen and honor them, but he doesn't want to do it in a way that's potentially going to like end up with more people being killed. We'll. Yeah. Um, I think we'll put up when we have the time, and it's safe to do so. We'll put up like a big standing stone type deal. Well, you, you can actually see if you were uh, if you look on the map. Here, mm. the the statue I've put in there that is to represent the the shrine to the judge that Malcolm built mm. in the in the town, and it's just like a very simple sort of like statue with like a little almost like a little mini altar, I suppose you might call it, mm -hmm. like a little shrine. And you can see that like a few, as I mentioned previously to Malcolm in the last session, a few of the villagers have actually left like little like, offerings around it. Yeah. I was thinking it would be um, like whether we add that to the shrine or put it elsewhere we could have a sort of standing monument because we I, I don't think even going forward forward we're going to want bodies in the ground next to our village just on the off chance that you know the third guy that turns out and <laughs> call the dead yeah. will pick up the corpses right from our doorstep and get go to town so i think like the, the policy moving forward like cremations and then we'll erect uh like these stones of the deceased so we'll put up like a standing stone type deal or whatever stone we can get and uh we'll cover that in you know deceased new sealanders and um founders hmm? call them founders but yeah and um yeah and add more stones as we go if you know if we get that far like yeah, so generations like, like, down like a little line. memorial like stone garden something else. yeah yeah That's yeah but cool. like tall tall rocks so that yeah. it's it's kind of like a like it's not just piles of stones on the ground but like more about the uh 
yeah, I guess a garden, like um, have like these installations almost of of stone there, nice with the names carved on it. Yeah, so we'll I'll mention this to Josiah, but he, maybe he's <laughs> yeah. You you, t- you turn around and like, you see Josiah like in the distance, like waving. He's like, get those bunnies, man. <laughs> yeah. He's 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 gone from like he's gone from like uh, like you remember him last time when you mentioned cremation he was like oh, I follow Leander I'm not really sure about cremation mm-hmm. and then you're like do you remember when those people came back from the dead and like killed a load of fools last time and he's like burn those bodies <laughs> he just like in the name flips. of Leander yeah basically <laughs> he's like dang it wrong I love Leander but like I love not getting murdered in my bed more yeah I love not losing the entire village to the undead so. yeah pretty much <laughs> but yeah that's something him. for the future. You probably see him walking out of town with a shovel heading towards the graveyard. Mm-hmm. With like a paraffin lamp. <laughs> but but yeah, we, we we can assume that you've like mentioned that to yeah. him. And it'll be yeah. it'll be all on board for that because it's because you're combining his love of like honouring the dead but also keeping the mm-hmm. village safe, so he's well on board with that. Yep. He even actually suggests because I'm presuming at some point you guys are gonna mention that like you mentioned like the tower and stuff to him. Mm-hmm. He, he even suggests what if the tower's being built to like protect the village mm-hmm. and these people have been like have sort of like sold their lives protecting the village perhaps mm-hmm. like their names could be like inscribed on the tower or something like that yeah yeah because then that's like it's almost like they're still helping to like protect yeah. the village in the form of the tower. Yeah, their uh their their lives are still there standing guard yep over the the village and the river mouth yeah Indeed. yeah for sure but let's let's not be in a hurry to fill any of these stones <laughs> with names. Uh, but yeah, I, I do. Do we have a a track to follow with you know our quarry uh, in in the forest? The, Brock, what was the uh, situation well, here? Well, I guess like uh, one of the guards was saying, they they went off in the northeast, back into the woods. Right. Um, so I think that's definitely our right. First that's point of because call. that's I'm I don't know why it took this long, but when the dire wolves attacked, that was one of the monsters, wasn't it? It just stayed in the woods, sent the wolves here. You remember last time when the wolves came over the wall? Well, that was the only session I haven't been here. When the wolves attacked, <laughs> that is the only session that I did not exist in. Yeah, um, but I yeah, had a long sleep in that night that day. <laughs> yeah, we came over the wall. Yeah, and that was I thought uncharacteristic at the time, but now we know. Yeah, they're summoning them. Yeah, it just stayed in the woods, probing our defenses. Mm. Yeah. How did I not see it before? Ah, anyway, um, shall we try okay, to so the forest? By the time like all this chatting and talking to people and whatever, the day's getting on a bit. We're sort of into like late afternoon, early evening. Are you guys heading out in the evening? Are you wait? Are you heading out the next day? What are you planning to do? Presumed by the information of the woman staying in the long cabin during the day. It may be safe to try and track Malcolm in the day rather than encountering the original one plus another two. 
does depend how far how far did it take us to get to the the last run in with the it is a couple of days all oh, right okay yes it's a bit of a journey anyway we're, we're facing three potentially four if it's got to Malcolm plus walls Mm. Line. If it's going to take us a couple of days to get there anyway, we don't know what time we're going to encounter them, whether it be daylight or night time. Um, I assume it's, it's going to be virtually impossible to track them at night, is it, John? It's certainly going to be very difficult. Because I ain't really a specific tracker, so... So I guess we're going to have to rest up tonight and set our first thing, are we? It's the same choice. Okay, so you guys bed down for the evening. Obviously, again, D3 hit points. You don't have to consume a ration because you'll be able to get food in New Zealand. So you settle down in one of the long houses. I'm assuming you all keep in the same long house. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so you all drift off to sleep okay at this point Brock and Quentin can you roll me a d6 d6 Uh, oh one for me okay 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 so you all drift off to sleep why am I you you wake up in the evening it's still you you're facing the passes through a window in the long house it's still dark you can see the moon outside as you sort of like stir a little you accident your foot accidentally like bumps into like Quentin Quentin you're now awake as well and as you sort of open your eyes why might you become aware that there's a a figure silhouetted against the light of the moon like stood at the foot of like the straw mattresses that you're sleeping on mm-hmm. not moving no just stood there not moving and as the as the moonlight slowly filters in you see the pale form of cotton nickel stood at the foot of your bed obviously you see this as well Quentin you're awake Brock's having another heavy sleep in I'm going to slowly reach for my silver dagger. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> I'm I'm staring sort of in um well, I I'm, I'm staring at Cotton Nickel waiting for when movement happens really is the thing okay he stood there and in the the light of the moon his power flash he almost looks like a statue you don't see like his chest rising and falling or anything of that nature but as he slowly takes a step forward you see that like his beard and like much of his armor is like matted in like blood and he, he takes a step forward and he looks down, obviously sees you're awake. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, listen, 
I don't have much time. But more are coming. You thought to warn us, I say. He says, while I... While I still have some of the person that I once was, I thought the least I can do is warn you. It's too late for me, but it's not too late for the people who live here. Cotton, this is very important. Can I help you pass? He, he just like shakes his head like, a little bit, and a little bit of a sad expression comes on his face. And at this point, I'm actually going to say you can make a charisma roll. Oh boy! <laughs> well, <clears throat> praise Gale. Nah, it was almost a one, but he just shakes his head sadly, and he says so. Unfortunately, I, I can't allow that. And he says, "You should know that the the Red King is stirring in the White City." All right. And when he awakens, there will be more like me. All right, Cotton. All right, that's all right. says all I can all I can do now is I'm going to try and get as far away from New Zealand as I can whilst I still have the will to do so that's alright too he Again, he looks. He looks sad. He sort of. Like, he looks as though he's going to like put his hand out. Then he like thinks better of it and lowers his hand. Then he says, "With any luck, we'll we'll not meet again." And as he says that, he he slowly starts to like almost break apart and like disperse into a mist, mm-hmm. and the mist just slowly disperses and dissipates until you're just staring into the the darkness of the room. Well, shit. Well, that's the first name. Yeah, I I don't think there's going to be any sleeping uh, for the rest of the night. So yeah, but we better add Red King to the list of stuff that needs looking at. Yes, it's. Gonna run out of parchment soon. Mm. And as they're sort of having that hush discussion, Brock, you are you are startled into wakefulness from your deep, deep slumber by like a voice that sounds like it's like right next to your ear, like whispering, and you recognise the voice of Cotton Nickel. But when you like look round, there's just like a thin vapour like dispersing like a morning's mist and the voice just says very quietly as though it's fading away as it's talking just says it's the garlic (laughs) 
So that wakes me up at yeah. that point. So I'd say it's literally like someone's put their mouth like right next to your ear. All right. Well, I'll, I'll just wake up saying, the garlic, the garlic. <laughs> yeah, so you guys are having this like quiet discussion, like, oh, Red King, you know. And there's some rocks. Like, oh, it's the garlic, it's the garlic. I don't think the garlic can hurt you, Brock. No, but it, it can. It can. It, maybe it can hurt those things. It's one of the. It's one of the herbs the soldiers were talking about, or at least protect us from those things. And I'll start searching around for where I'll put it. Yeah, he, he pulls out this like big, like crudely tied together like bulb of garlic he got off the uh, the kitchen. Yeah. And I'll throw it to one of these lot, and I'll go and search the kitchen or, you know, whatever storage we've got for food, and I'll start looking for more right in the middle of the night. Okay, yeah. roll me a d6. A four. Yeah, you find another bulb of garlic. So which of you guys is taking the, um, the bulb that uh, was thrown to you? I'll let Holy Sword have it. Okay, so let me just put a put a dose of garlic on a Weimarzer sheet. <laughs> put a bit of garlic on the swords. That's it. Mush it down, nice and sticky paste. Yeah, yeah. That's been added to your sheet, and obviously I've left one on your sheet, Brock. Because you've you managed to locate some more. I mean, there's not a lot of it, but you've basically managed to locate like another like couple of bulbs of garlic, like. Another like dose of garlic, effectively. Yeah. But it's, we don't grow it, do we? No. Anyway. Yeah, we're going to be trading for it now. Mm. Imagine they like when they come to like build the tower, and there'll be like people like smearing garlic on like the walls of the. Yeah. <laughs> of the it on. <laughs> like we made, we made garlic paint. Yeah, on the second no, coat. Like there's there's not going to be any mortar. It's just going to be garlic paste. <laughs> Now the regional delicacy, just garlic. Oh, so, yeah, just, new garlic land. Just like, people, like everything they cook <laughs> in the village, just putting garlic into it. It's like garlic everyone's eating garlic all the time. Yeah, it's it's garlic bread, but it's actually just garlic. Yeah, yeah it's garlic. We just not. rubbed some bread on. Mm. There we go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I think it's going to be a rather morose rest of the night. In search of garlic and and contemplating the fact that okay, well the Red King is one thing, but then we have several of these ones running around, and clearly we have no way to keep them away from our bedchambers. So that's a thing. Lots of garlic. Yeah, hopefully the garlic will <laughs> do that. But... And I think perturbed by garlic. I think as Weimar says, oh, we've got no way to keep him away from our bedchambers, and Quentin's like, apart from the garlic. <laughs> and you, you hear, like, the rattle of pots and pans as, like, Brock's, like, raining yeah, in the it's kitchen. Yeah, like, frenzy, and just like, where is it? I, I think that's where we sort of, like, fade to black on this slightly morose scene as the, the sun starts to, to rise. And that is where we're going to end the session for this evening, guys. Thank you very much. I hope you all enjoyed the session. Yep. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that was oh, good. Obviously, we'll sort out XP and whatnot, but for now, I'm going to end the stream. So, thanks for anyone who's watching this now or in the future. Hopefully, we'll catch you for the next one.